0: All right, everybody, welcome back to Who's Your Band. I am Jeffrey Paul. Uh, I am joined this week, as always, by my co host, Mr. Sean Morton.
1: How are you, Sean? I'm um, wonderful, Jeffrey. How are you? This is going to be a little weird. We've never had this many people on at one time. Well, that's not true. We had well, have, no, on on yeah, time. we did it once, but they were all in the same room. Like, these guys could all be like sitting there in their like you know living rooms with like no pants on. We have no that's idea. Right.
0: We We did. We did something like this with <laughs> Sons of Silver. Yeah, we did. And, right, so and that, and that worked out great. But uh, let's let's bring in our, our, our special guests uh, for the week. Um, this is a local uh, New Jersey band, but you know I checked them out and I thought they were really good. Let's welcome in Dennis, Marco, Frank, and Brian from Morningside Lane. How are you guys?
2: Good man. How you doing? How
0: about, man. All right, so let's go around and. Uh, Let's introduce everybody separately. Tell us what you you know what uh instrument you play in the band, and then we'll talk to you guys collectively. So, uh, let's start with Dennis.
3: All right, uh, I play keyboards and synthesizers. Um, I've been with the band for not too long about a year and a half but it's been awesome ever since.
4: Okay, cool. And then we got Frankie. Yeah, what's up, guys? My name is Frankie, Uh, I play bass. I've uh, been with uh, Morningside Lane since uh, the early part of 2019. Okay, and then we got Marco. Uh,
2: Yeah, my name is Mark. I'm lead singer and uh, guitar player for Morningside Lane. And yeah, I've been in this band since I was born. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, Marco, as you can tell, is not a comedian, but he is a pretty good uh,
5: guitar player and a great singer. And how about uh Brian? Yeah, hey guys, uh, I'm Brian, I play drums, I sing backing, and I've been uh, pl- uh, playing and working with Mark since uh, late 2017. Okay. So when did this band start, and who started the band?
2: Um. Well, I mean, in 09, in 2009, I just got out of high school, and then uh, I figured, yo, let's get a band together, and then um, it, it kind of just like, it was like a slow process, and then you know, multiple line- lineup changes over the years, and then it just got really serious, when these guys joined like 2019 and then we put out our first full length album and then we just took it from there.
0: How long has this incarnation of the band been together?
2: For about, it's been a solid two years and then Dennis came in and um, it's actually been exactly a year, Dennis, since like you made your debut.
0: Yeah. It's, it's an interesting sound, man. I really encourage everybody to check these guys out. I don't know what other people have told you, but from listening to it uh, a couple of times, uh, I pick up like Mark as from your voice, you have a very John Bon Jovi quality to it. Has anyone ever told you that?
2: I, I've been Mark, um I've been told that before, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, good okay, good. So is that just this my ear yeah, right. I'm, and I'm picking Bon Jovi up from like, you know, 78 degree Fahrenheit era. Like it, like you guys have a really 80s influenced sound, which is which is really cool because you guys are young guys, and when people talk about "Hey, rock and roll is dead and there's no future generation," I kind of disagree. We had a band called Tempton, and they're a bunch of young guys, and they're really good. And you know, they're influenced by Def Leppard, and they play their instruments. And you guys, you know, you have—I don't know, man. I kind of—I I love the keyboard quality in it. It gives it kind of like um Bon Jovi meets the psychedelic furs uh sound to me is, is that influences for you guys uh,
2: yeah, i mean you could you could put it that way. I mean uh, the eighties is especially is like a big uh influence like since we got Dennis like the inclusion of a synthesizer, we kind of we really really uh pushing pushing the um the influences that in that direction.
0: well, what did you guys listen to growing up? And how, and how old are you guys about? Well, I, I just turned 30.
1: Oh, go fuck yourself. Really? 30.
0: I don't agree with Sean on most things, but I'm going to agree with him on this one. Yeah, I, we've had enough of young, good-looking, mounted guys coming on the show and, and, and being <laughs> better than us, okay? All, all, all you guys, I mean... You know, yeah, I, I got to uh,
1: tell you, Jeff, I did not hear like the Bon Jovi thing in the least bit
0: you you have a tin ear. That's why. No, I, hear. no I, didn't.
1: I heard something completely different, and they they might be pissed off at me if when I say this, but like I heard more of like the head and the heart, and oh, wow. like Mumford Sons kind of, but like good Mumford Sons because Mumford Sons kind of sucks a dick, like like a better version of Mumford and Sons. Yeah. I did not hear that shit at all. Like you I heard, know, how I heard you know how I heard the song, and I always like describe it this way, and. I kind of heard the music and I liked it. And then I kind of pictured like the very end of watching a commercial for like uh, a a television show on the CW and like they play the music in the background as they kind of fade to like when the show's going to be on. That's 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 how Uh, I saw it. That's how I saw it.
0: On the video that was sent to us, I liked the song a lot. I thought that this video was more of a distraction than the than the song. I thought the song was really good. I mean, to me, the song had like you know uh, radio written all over it. it. It 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 was poppy. It had it had hooks. Um, I, again, I think Mark's voice is great for for what you know you know what they're, they're going for i i heard a lot of bon jovi i heard a lot of 80s well, I'm, I'm, sure you know you, I'm sure marco is glad i'm
1: sure he's glad that you compared him to like a 64 year old man who can't hit a high note anymore you know what i mean so I'm,
0: you no, know, no, no. i said i said 78 degree <laughs> oh, okay so Fahrenheit old, old bon jovi, bon jovi. Right. Uh, yeah good good bon jovi we're not talking about you know his country music shit i like that i like that. <laughs> well, again tinier's shun um uh, i like Dennis's stone in a little bit the keyboard there that had a little uh, Duran Duran uh influence in there uh, uh the the, Bond, the james Bond song what was that a view to a kill you know i could not in that song but but i could see them like playing this that type of music like pop music with a like a, like a little bit of a harder edge which with with catchy uh hooks. And and good choruses. I mean, is, is that type of music dead, or is or, or am I des- am, am I describing something that doesn't exist anymore?
1: I think you got very good drugs in Newburgh, New York last night. Is what I think.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we all share '80s music as like primary influences, yeah. or or at least important influences for all of us. Like we all share that, and then we deviate in so many different directions from there and we uh the way that i see it is and have experienced it is we're really just writing pop songs with a sound that's like authentic to us where you know we wear a million influences uh, on our sleeves so you hear a million different things and uh you know all things that we're proud of but uh yeah we think that like the 80s sound can have a bit of a revitalized energy now in 2021 and um yeah we're just we're happy with that Yeah. The thing, the thing about it though,
1: Brian, is that, you know, you think of it as like a resurgence, but like me and Jeff are still stuck there. And that's the problem. (laughs) Like when we were listening to this stuff, you were not born. Yeah. That's the, that's the issue. That's the, that's like the middle of the road old guy problems that we're having. It's like, we still want to listen to this great shit, but then it's like, when we go to the show, Oh shit, we're the old men at this show. Like we should not belong at this concert. <laughs> like
0: when Sh- when Sean and I are like living our everyday life, we're still wearing Docking t-shirts.
5: Okay. By the way, oh, that's yeah. not you. You can't name a band Docking anymore in twenty twenty one. I would. I will straight up show you my Docking shirt. If yes. You give me like thirty but, seconds. But think, but think about it. in
0: in in this in this in this new world and what the new meaning of docking is. I don't oh, think yeah. you can name your band that anymore. No, that makes sense. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be playing. Otherwise, you're going to be yes. Otherwise, you're going to be playing a lot of pride festivals. <laughs> Okay. But there's nothing wrong with it's that, by us- the way.
1: There's nothing wrong with that.
0: There's nothing wrong with that. but it's, t- it's, t- it's take them a second to, to figure that out. Okay. You, you guys are all cool. from
1: Jersey? You guys are all from New Jersey? Yeah, we're all from New Jersey. I'm like, from North Jersey, though. Everyone else is kind of like South Central. Uh, I was a North Jersey guy for 44 years, and I just became a Central Jersey guy. Where did you, you live? Uh, I lived in Hudson County my entire life. So I was in uh, Union City and then Bayonne, and now I moved uh, three minutes away from Starland Ballroom. Okay. Yeah, I've been there for ten months, and I have not been to a goddamn show yet. So go figure. I would drive an hour every goddamn time to go to this fucking place, and now it's in my backyard, and I haven't (laughs) been there yet. But whatever. I'm a little salty today, Jeff. I'm a little salty.
0: Yeah, but we're going February second. I'll be there before that. The wait's over. Okay. The wait's over. The wait is over. Yes. So let's talk about. What, what what music influenced you, and let's kind of like go around. Let's start with Dennis. Dennis, growing up, where would you grow up, and who did you listen to, like in high school, and and what kind of made you gravitate towards keyboards?
3: Um, that's a good question. So, well, let's start with the music in high school. I would say um, I was a big Red Hot Chili Peppers. I was into Nirvana. Um, bands
0: that have no keyboards.
3: Bands that had no keyboards. Well. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I always liked Pearl Jam. Um, but then later on, I, I sort of gravitated into a little bit more, even a little bit more jazz and blues music. Um, and that's when I really fell in love with keyboards and all that. And I think, I also I also used to love, um, what's her name? Uh, Huey Lewis and the News.
1: That's, oh, wow. That's they, it. Have, okay.
3: they have a lot of
0: keyboards. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and they have the hair. I, so I, I, I- I- and very blues kind of uh, oriented yeah, yeah. true
3: um you can still okay. speak it almost makes you feel like you can still feel the origin when you listen to them like you can feel the origin of of that music um being being in blues or somewhere there um and then i grew up playing well my first instrument was drums and I continued to play that, but I after that, my my parents got me into playing the piano because it it's just makes you a little bit more versatile with everything in music because you understand music from a from a different perspective than just being a drummer. I can say that because Brian plays a lot more than just drums. Um, but yeah, and, and from there, it sort of gravitated to, towards, I'd say, a more modern sound. And then that more modern sound became 80s somehow, I guess. It is
0: uh, do, back. do all of you share uh, a hand in the songwriting? No. So, the no, song Marco was, was like, fuck this. This is
1: my now. shit. I write oh, the shit oh, and oh, you oh, play. Oh, oh. I saw the face, Mark. I saw it. I saw it. You know why I saw that? Because I did the same thing. When people would ask, "Oh, who writes the songs?" I'd be like, "Everybody, stop talking. This is my department now. This is my department." On, let me let me tell you how it
2: goes. Let me tell you how it goes. So it's like I I sit here in this exact spot, mm-hmm. and you know I write. I come up with the lyrics. I come up with some sort of like body, you know, mm-hmm. like um, kind of like like an empty canvas, but with like um with some structure. Then I bring right. it to these guys, and then we we color it in. You know, everybody writes their parts. Everybody has their, like, I can't write a baseline. Frankie writes these bass lines that I could never, I, I could never come up with, you know, so, right. and, you know, Brian could come up with another beat that can transform the song. It all transforms when we get together. But it's yeah. like the conception is there in this shitty desk that's about to break.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a weird thing too because like you go through those periods where like you may have that idea and like you'll bring it to the guys and then it's like sometimes it'll you'll hit and like in a day and a half you have a completely written structured song and then like you'll have an idea and then it'd be like nine months later and it's still not working and you have no idea why. That's like the beautiful thing I love about songwriting is because you really never have any idea where it's going to take you, how long it's going to take, and how good the song's going to wind up being anyway. The best songs that I ever wrote with my guitar player at the time, we would be drinking in Hoboken at like one o'clock in the morning. And we'd be like, all right, look, these bitches are like, they're not, they're not listening to like the way we're hitting on them. Let's just get the fuck out of here and go to our studio. And then we would drive to our studio and we would, I would throw out here, but here's what I wrote. He'd look at it. go, okay, this is how it's going to sound. Boom. And then half an hour later, the song's completely done.
2: Yeah. You have moments. Every song it comes together. Well, every song kind of writes itself after you got to write it and then it just like it, it it um it writes itself in as as uh you put your energy into it i think i feel like you should if you have an idea stick to it but if it's starting to if it's starting to talk to you where it's like all right like you know when you don't have it
0: you always oh yeah
2: you
3: when
0: know oh, yeah.
2: it's like ah.
0: what comes first for you guys music or lyrics
2: Um, usually lately uh, it's, it's different every time. It's like sometimes, uh, a simple, like this last song that, um, I wrote, it was like, I figured out a new chord. Like all of a sudden I I hit this chord and I'm like, okay, this sounds different. And then it just happened. Like just a different, that different, like, uh, that different tone in that, in that chord just kind of wrote itself. And then the whole song just came together. You never know how it's, gonna happen i would love to say that a chorus. i like to write the chorus first it takes a huge load off my shoulders yeah. as like then the verse, because the verse it's like i think it's harder to write a, a really really good chorus than a verse because if you got that chorus first it's like all right i know i know where to take it i know what i want to say right. because I, I said it already in the chorus
1: yeah, I understand. I understand what you're saying. It's kind of like that's the that's the buildup. Like, that's where everybody is getting drawn into the song. Like, nobody gives a shit about, you know, the, the, the fucking instrumentals in the, in the very beginning and stuff. The chorus is where people get locked into the song.
0: Yeah, the but that, cor- that's like, the hook. like uh, so it brings people. Yeah. To-
2: yeah, and it's like the, the chorus. Okay. Comes- so- Are you back? but i'm talking too much aren't
1: i no 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 jeff's, <laughs> jeff's uh, no no jeff's computer is cutting off on top of him talking over you so oh, it's, it's a okay. double whammy okay um yeah. i think i'm on a delay oh, okay. yeah, in life in general yes <laughs> continue
2: i love this dynamic um yeah so it's like damn no go ahead jeff i don't know i forgot what i was gonna
0: no, I was going to go, you know, because Frankie's been kind of quiet, and uh, but enjoying the show. So let's bring Frankie. And I want to know, you know, bass player, what made you play bass? Who'd you listen to growing up? And what do you, you know, besides a great uh bass line the band, what are you contributing to the band? I'll tell you, you why Frankie like?
1: is quiet. I'll tell you exactly why Frankie is quiet, number one, because he's the bass player, number one. Number two, he's got a girl right underneath the desk right there who's servicing him right now. So he's not saying a thing. Because the bass players are always the one who get laid more than anybody in the goddamn band and it pissed me off every goddamn time. Now continue, Frankie.
5: Oh man. Oh, I love this. I nailed All it, right. didn't I? I
4: nailed it. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, growing up, um, I listened I was like introduced really early to um like classic rock, you know, Led Zeppelin. You know, Guns N' Roses. Sticks was a big one up until my all-time favorite band, Foreigner, that I got introduced to growing up. And like, yeah, weird. I know, but there's- no no, like- no, no,
0: no, 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 Frankie. It's not weird. Don't, don't look. He's an idiot. Okay, those are two <laughs> great bands, Sticks and Foreigner, both bands that should be in the Rocker Hall of Fame. But go on.
1: Well, Frank, so Frankie I, now did- is officially a bass player who's 26, who apparently is a 95-year-old man inside of himself. So go ahead. Continue. <laughs>
4: no i had I did an that, old soul really like yeah i mean that's what i was you know brought up with and then as you know i got into you know throughout the late i guess like seventh or eighth grade um when i started to play bass my band teacher basically was like have you ever played bass before because i was playing like saxophone and all this other stuff and he introduced me to bass and then all of a sudden i started getting into like punk rock and then Green Day came out of nowhere for me and I just fell in love with Green Day. And then that just kind of took a whole nother turn. So I like went from classic rock to punk to, you know, and then it just kind of opened the door to everything. And then it became a really big like pop person. Um, I love pop music. I love, I love all that. And just bands that kind of marry those two is my, you know, biggest influences. I gotta tell you, I think Green
1: Day is a very underrated band, even though they're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You know, I think they're a very underrated band because they did spawn like a huge punk revival in the 90s. And then their their subtle turn into more of the pop punk brought a whole new dynamic. in. And then they just became a rock band at some point. Like they just they just totally stopped being punk. And now they're just a regular rock band. And they evolved. Yeah. I think it's a great evolution. I really do. And it's one of those bands that like, you know, again, they have the mainstream success, but like they don't get the credit, I think. That makes I
4: feel sense. like Green Day. i feel like green day like
0: green well, day all, yeah what were you saying oh no no i, I was uh, I, what I was gonna say is i think again i think i'm on a little bit of delay i think green day has evolved when you look at like what dookie was to all the way to uh american idiot i mean i you know a, a band that kind of <laughs> stays the same you know other bands pass them by i think the whole part of music i think the whole part of life is to is to evolve you don't want to have the same you don't want to keep making the same album over and over again you're going to you're going to lose an audience you got to grow you're going to your audience is going to grow with you and you're going to find a, a bigger audience as you grow as musicians and people and i think green day's done that they can not you know otherwise you become rancid you know rancid never changed
4: yeah and that's it's kind of like how we've evolved into this like 80s synth you know, pop thing, because that, that album we put out in 2020, you know, that was very, you know, very rock. It didn't have, you know, it had, we had synths on it, but we made sure to not put enough synths to where like we need to replicate anything live since we didn't have a keyboard in there really just for support. And then when we got Dennis, that was when, you know, the surge of just inspiration and, you know, especially with Mark just writing a lot of these like more modern tunes and things that people are hearing now, um, really helped. And I think it's important for artists and bands and really everyone to just evolve and adapt. You know, I think that's how you get further in life without feeling like you're just going in circles at one point. True. Marco, how about
0: you? Well, Mark. Uh, I don't know if it's Marco. I don't know what I'm calling You could <laughs> call me Mark. That
2: doesn't matter. My grandfather calls me Marco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay.
0: Sure uh again growing up and what got you into guitar
2: well okay what got me into guitar was i just i I don't know i i just wanted to play because i liked music in general but i was kind of like i wasn't like a big fan of anyone up until i was eight and then i found bruce Wow! really it's my be all end all and then uh, you're
0: 30 years old
2: yeah
1: you What'd, you that, What'd you think of the last album? what do you think of his last album?
2: Which one? Uh, Letter to You? Yeah. <laughs> I just can't be- I can't believe how ambitious ambitious it is for yeah. a guy who has nothing to prove anymore.
1: A great point. I and mean, the thing I loved about it too is that he had three songs on that record that are 40 something years old yeah, that he yeah. redid. Yeah,
2: man, I know. And I think that was like at first when I heard that, I was like, what the fuck? And then when I heard him, though, I'm like, oh, I kind of get it now. I, I I get what he's doing because it was more of like that album was more about like um, his past. Like yeah, when, he was, uh, when he was like a teenager, he's, he really goes back to like um, he's really reflecting on that on his first like experience as a musician, as a 16 year old and he, the people he knew. And just to redo those songs that he would had when he was like 2021 20, it's like it 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 works together and i was yeah. like all right that, that i fuck with that that's dope
1: now that song ghosts is really great because he writes it about the two guys that in his band that he lost now yeah. you have three guys in your band if you could only cry for two which two would you pick
2: uh if i could only cry for two yeah um
0: i'd yeah. probably I, i'd probably uh, uh i oh come on <laughs> Come on, you got it. Come on, Mark. You got to answer the question. Everybody else has. We um, We had. We as had Fran, as Frankie thought, yeah, is yeah, putting
1: his answer. ad in the aquarium right now for a bass player looking for a new band.
2: Yeah. I'd Continue. cry for. I'd cry for.
0: <sighs> you don't have to answer the I'm not, question. I'm totally fucking with it, you. Don't don't <laughs> <to do> <laughs> yeah, we, we've never asked that question before. <laughs> you idiot! Don't answer. <laughs> <that crazy question.
4: laughs>
0: John, you're you jerk. you just stuck with the bit we would't gotten to answer. I can actually <laughs> oh, he smell was. I can he actually was. smell
1: his underwear right now because he was shitting his pants trying to answer this question. <laughs> I, I thought you
2: were serious, I don't know. Um, so yeah, Bruce, and then <laughs> what else? Um, I tend we to lose someone yeah we we left we, we lost, lost Jeff.
1: No, we lost oh, Jeff. what a horror. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> heartbroken. <laughs>
4: Is anyone gonna cry over that
1: <laughs> no i never cry when jeff leaves the podcast <laughs> he'll, he'll be back right <laughs> yeah and i'll totally fuck with him and say that i, I missed him horribly. <laughs> oh jeff thank god i don't know what i was gonna do without you thank god you made it back jeff <laughs> what, did, what did i miss i'm sorry Not, nothing we were like oh my god how is this show gonna continue for the rest of this podcast now that jeff had, had to bounce off it was horrible the guys were like look can we reschedule i don't know what's this this guy's leading the ship we don't know what we're gonna do it was a bad situation for a few seconds jeff i'm not gonna lie this, you.
0: this is a recorded show i'm gonna watch it i'm gonna see i'm gonna find out what each of you got okay i don't i don't trust anyone on this show right now let's get to but we don't we need we haven't spoken to brian at all brian sitting there seems like a nice guy he has a great smile and cool beard uh brian
1: you fucking
0: hit it on like, him. The fuck you doing? I like Brian. Brian. Brian, you know, he had that cool Charlie Watts style when he's sitting back there playing the drums. Oh. You know, he's not too flashy, but he's solid. You know, he's keeping the beat, keeping the time on in this band. So, who are your influences? And you know, and you, uh,
5: we alluded earlier that you play several different instruments. Why, do, why do the drums in this band? Sure. Um, drums are my first instrument. I mean, when I was really young, I just, I loved the sound of a drum kit and I loved how, you know, through production and all different styles of music, the drums can take on such a different sound, such an identity and be musical be almost lyrical and not just, you know, someone hitting on stuff. So, um, drums, my first instrument. And, uh, in this band, I wanted to bring power, to Mark songs I mean I was working with him uh, in 2017 on some songs actually it was a recorded project so we kind of met air quotes uh, in studio or started working together then so um, I-, I wanted to be like a hitter but I'm wanted to be a finesse drummer also so uh, Jeff Picaro is probably my biggest influence in drumming. Um, there have been many notable ones throughout the years, but I bring a lot of Jeff percaro into Morningside Lane along with just some power hitters, like Kenny Aronoff, or some of the national guys too. Like, um, yeah. And to play a lot of instruments. I mean, I decided I wanted to at a young age be a musician. And so uh, early on, I mean, I was drawn to bass and keyboards and synth and organ and piano also at an early age. So I wanted to learn those instruments too. And really for the, sheer possibility that I would one day when I was old enough, uh, want to be hired by many different acts. And I have been so like 16, 17, I was already playing in Jersey shore bars and stuff. And, um, it was cool. Um, I'm, I'm road tested. So, uh, literally almost every style of music I've performed <laughs> on, um, on an instrument I did a lot of cover gigs um, still do even and uh, original music brought me to Mark and Morningside Lane so doesn't, uh,
1: it b- doesn't it bother you as like guys who write their own music that it's so hard to make a living doing original music when you can just go and say fuck it, I'm going to do a cover band and make like two or three grand a night
5: yeah, I mean, that that's why precisely why I'm not a singer or a songwriter. Uh, <laughs> I, I just only want to be a musician. So I was like, OK, well, uh, people want to hire musicians. I, I want to be the best at, at my instruments and stuff. So uh, I like to bring an arranging ear along with I know Frank and Dennis do this, too. Like we all bring our arrangement chops to Mark's ideas and kind of see how we can bring them to life.
0: So what's what's new with you guys now in 2021 going into uh, 2022? Are there plans to hit the road? Are you guys touring? Are you gigging? And what are some of the obstacles that you're finding, you know, in
5: this present climate?
2: Well, Frank, you um, you, you take this one because this is the
5: most equipped for this one.
2: Yeah, because with with like logistics and like I'm not good with it, man. Like. I'm
4: good. Talking go people. You want me to yeah, go for it? it? Yeah, go, yeah, Frank, go ahead. There's
1: always the one guy in the band who like has the lead. He's the one who deals with the, the 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 shit club owners who want you to sell 800 fucking tickets on a Tuesday night to play the back room of a fucking bar in Clifton and say, "Good, it's great exposure for you." Trust me, Frank, I've been there. Are,
2: are you talking about dingbats?
1: <laughs> well, good friend of mine owns that, but it's okay. We're not gonna talk about that. But anyway, All guys, right. you can Clifton. So yeah, I know. Well, I used to play in I used to play in these freaking bars like in in connections, which was down the street from Dingbats. So it's before your time. But like you had to go on the street and sell fucking tickets. It was horrible. I did it in Brooklyn when there was a club called Lamore in Brooklyn. It was the biggest rock club in in the East Coast, probably you know in the in the eighties and nineties. And I was literally ten minutes before I'm going on stage selling my last two tickets four blocks away. And then and literally said,
0: there was no there was no through traffic in Lamore. It was like an industrial. Section, yeah, it was broker. hard. It
1: was hard shit. So I understand, I dude. I understand that that horrible shit. I always say like I was in a band for I like, got ten years maybe, and I made more money in my first year in comedy than I did in ten years in a band very it's a very strange dynamic but what 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 are this what are the things you go through frank if you know you do all the booking or
4: whoa can you guys me there we go yeah no not at all like uh, we're we all really ever since like the lockdown happened in march of 2020 we all kind of put our heads together and figured out like where you know what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses off the stage you know what i mean in the business in the business realm so we all have different um, aspects of what we do like brian um he does a lot of the booking and getting in touch with you know the venues he has that experience um me and dennis are kind of like the behind the scenes like dennis will do like website and i have like spotify like we basically all just kind of really just fix like find each other's strengths and have like real conversations of where each skill set lies um and then mark we just say just keep writing the songs we'll do the other part. Yeah. <laughs> but, no it's um,
1: important man it's because if it falls on one person the, then this starts getting the resentment you start getting the hey what do you guys do because like i would always i used to bust my bass players balls all the time because he would learn the song and i'm I like all right, are you ready, ready to go we're doing this one and he'd look at me and i'm like how much weed did you smoke today and he'd be like a lot i'm like all right this it starts like this dun, dun, dun. Oh, okay cool and then he would go right into it like he had complete fucking adhd before it was ever a thing.
4: Yeah, it's 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 crazy because that's I mean that's the thing I mean when we just a quick brief that when we when we recorded these are our years that album in twenty twenty we our original plan was to have it you know kind of pitch it to local labels or you know bigger labels just to see if there was someone that wanted to go you know take it on but what happened was you know once the lockdown hit we realized that we're just gonna do this DIY and see like where it goes it's our first full length album as, you know, a full band. So, let's just hit the ground running and have the meetings every week. Let's talk about social media, let's talk about the industry, what's going on, you know, things, you know, how do we do uh promotion? How do we get, how are we going to do post promotion? You know, what are our idols doing that we can maybe replicate to promote our music. You know what I mean? Instead of having to reinvent the wheel all the time, let's just figure out different things that our fans are liking from the people that they listen to and then let's put our spin on it basically. And, you know, through that, we were able to make a little bit of a splash in terms of uh, like the Asbury scene. And even in our like hometowns to, um, you know, get this music out. And there's a lot of stuff on the horizon, which we're super excited about. I think you guys,
1: the musicians now have it, Easier in some ways and a lot harder in a lot of other ways too. I think it's easier because there's so many more platforms for you guys to get your music out to. Like back, you know, 20 years ago, you had to really get signed basically in order to get heard. Now you guys can go into, you guys can be in five different places, record a song over the span of, you know, four or five weeks, put it out on Spotify, iTunes, and it could be blow, it could blow up. But on the flip side, too, you also have it a lot harder because everybody is watching you. You can't disappear because you're always on social media and there's always going to be one dick who's going to try and call you out for something all the time, too. Where we didn't have that 20 years ago is very, very different. If somebody called you out on something, it was at a show and they didn't like you, you punched him in the teeth and then you moved on and there yeah. was no video record of it either. Yeah. So you guys are constantly under the microscope. And like, we do the same thing with comedy too. We're under the microscope all the time. If we say one stupid thing on stage and somebody has a video camera out, we're done. Yeah.
0: I think the other other thing about uh, doing it the way you just suggested, Sean, is like, and this is, I think, what labels did. I mean, labels screwed over a lot of, I worked for a label, uh, you know, first job out of college. But I mean, one thing that a label did was it shifted through all this shit. So when they put out something, you didn't have to go through like the internet and the Spotify and everything else and sit there and listen to 100, 200 shitty bands before you found the one and then you started getting bored of it. You know, the label put out what was good. Um, the other thing is, I think today is you don't really need the label. I mean, the label isn't what it used to be, you know? Um, Back in the day, you got signed and then you went out on the road and you sold the album. It's not that way anymore. Now it's like you're putting out a record and you'll give away the music for free so people get to know you and then you'll make your money on the road and selling the merch. So from that perspective, have you guys ever took taken the grassroots uh, approach to maybe building up a fan base? And how do you do that? Like, you know, you, I know you can do it locally because you have your family, your friends in in the New Jersey area. But how do you start to go out like to the Midwest and out, you know, even further west, like to the LA, Washington State scene? I'm gonna.
4: To- or, or did you want to go, Brian? It did look like you were about to go.
5: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like uh, in many ways we've been doing the grassroots approach. Um, certainly, you know, uh, when, when COVID hit, we didn't want to just kind of go to bed. We we were kind of thinking amongst ourselves how are we going to literally fight to stay relevant and visible and make a splash while nobody has shows and the entire industry is upside down um, and how are we going to be memorable and also promote new music that we're, releasing during all of this and when we were looking for the information i think there's a lot of transparency in the industry right now where all the lessons they're on youtube they're in the industry i don't feel is this faceless gatekeeper you know creature i think it wants a lot of new talent i think the industry wants great songs and all you know a lot of the lessons are out there it's how much of it you want to siphon through um and Frank has been phenomenal with it, but uh, you know we did. We covered a lot of our own label Escabases. I was doing a lot of PR. I'm doing a lot of PR and radio right now, even with us. Um, Dennis revamped our entire website. It helps to know a lot of things and that's just kind of where that took us. We're hoping that airplay, like um, terrestrial radio play uh, on like AAA radio uh, alternative radio would break us into other markets.
0: Do you guys have uh, any representation in the uh, college
5: radio
4: market? So we, we have a representation right now um, in terms of radio promote, we have a radio promoter um, that works for us in terms of like for AAA radio. Um, and right now there's a, a station in, uh, what is it? Ohio. That's going to be, um, basically, I guess, pushing good men, um, our new single. Um, and then we also have representation on the, on the manager side, but which is, it's fairly, fairly new, but for this past like year, we've been all DIY, but in terms of, you know, I think to Brian's point, I think the whole thing is consistency, you know, like you were saying, Jeff, like you don't need a label. Um, you don't, but you need to be consistent because these labels that have been in the industry for, you know, decades, they've figured out a formula through a certain way and they know how to do things. They've developed networks. They've developed people that they can just pick up a phone and go, Hey, I got these people, or I got this, like, what do you got for me here? And as an independent musician or independent band, you need to understand and develop those networks. And you can't just hope that like, you know, I'm going to say, Oh, I, I got a new single out, come check it out. Like there's more to it than just posting on social media, like you got to be consistent with your message. You got to be consistent with your brand. You got to develop people that can help you push and like, enjoy your music as much as you do, honestly, because you develop what's called like, we've developed this spreadsheet called our core fan spreadsheet. And although like there's, it's a small number that's on there, you know, less than a hundred, we have more fans outside, but these like hundred people are the people that like, on our email list they are always hitting us up for like when you play next when you play next and it's to cater to those people that are constantly listening constantly sharing our posts constantly reaching out to us and that's how you build that fan base by like really just like how i was saying before like asking like the your fan base you know what do you what kind of things do you enjoy what kind of music do you like what kind of you know shit like that because i feel like the more you connect with your fan base it's not about just here's some music, boom. It's like, what do you guys want to hear? You know, and we do that a lot with polls. We do that a lot on social media with, you know, and things like that, because then, I don't know, I think that's really important things that record labels have already figured out that sometimes independent bands, they just kind of jump over to, here's my merch and here's my music where they're not catering and they're not developing that relationship um, in order to actually get the, Financial exchange from sure. your
1: fans. It's it's very easy to get the initial reaction. It's whether to get it, keep going and going and going. It's like what we do. Like we, you know, somebody can come see me or Jeff perform, and they'll be like, "Oh, you are really good." But if you don't do the extra step in talking to the people after the show, you know, even if you're trying to sell merch or you connect on social media, and then you constantly post your gigs and stuff like that. I mean, listen, I Jeff will tell you the same thing. There's shows where we'll go. And we will see the same people over and over and over again who are constantly supportive. And then there's people who don't give a shit. You know what I mean? So like you always do got to take care of the people that are always going to be there for you. I have I have one, I did one gig for this one person 10 years ago and a private gig. And they've come to about 15 shows since then. And they bring friends. They bring friends. They bring family. I mean, and these people have come, they've driven... Hours to and come see
0: you. You build the fan base that way, but I want I want to piggyback on both something you said, Frankie, and, and Sean was saying to a point. And you, uh, I want to throw this out there. Uh, in this day and age, now, is it even that important to put out an entire album as opposed to just releasing singles? Because if you think about it, does you know we live in like you know, I'm going to use an old guy term here, but we use it. We live in kind of like an MTV generation where people just don't have the stamina; they don't have the attention span. So who's sitting through a full album as opposed to uh, you know a, a single or two, and then you put it out on a constant basis? So now every couple of uh, months, you know, maybe every two months, you're releasing a single as opposed to just uh, uh, th- that album. And when you look at a band like, say, Maiden, okay, Maiden during the the pandemic put out their their new album. It's a double album. I love Maiden. I don't have the time to sit there and really take in a full double album. Okay, I think sometimes I think the market has changed. I think people's listening habits have changed. Have you ever taken that approach and thought maybe we
4: should just put out singles and 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 support those singles? We're in that currently. We're actually we shift after we release that album. We are have shifted to. Basically just singles. Like, you know, we have almost a whole other album written, but yeah. we're doing like the single game. And it's funny because it's funny you say that because the industry has changed completely, especially when it comes right. to like the albums and singles. I don't know if you're familiar with um this i t- the boys are I talk about this band all the time, but One Republic put out their album this past year mm-hmm. and yeah, 75% of those songs on that album have been singles the last three years. Yep. I I love that band.
1: They're an amazing band.
4: They're incredible. And Ryan Tedder, I remember he, he had an interview and he was talking to, I forget if it was manager or label rep, whatever it was. And he said, all right, he's like, I don't usually get nervous before an album release. He's like, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of nervous. And then the manager's like, what are you nervous about? You already sold, you know, a million, you already sold a million copies of this because like you've been releasing singles and now you're going to drop the album. So in, in terms of Spotify, Apple music algorithm, those plays just transfer over. So like if one song already like hit the charts two years ago and that's on the album that carries over to that (laughs) album stats. So it's like, we, we haven't released the album, but it's there. But when he released the album, he really only released, it was like almost releasing an EP. There's yeah, like it was like four songs, it was like
1: four songs I think. It came yeah, out, that was, it was like that four was five brand songs.
4: New. But on the album it was 10, but when you go through it it's like, "Oh, that was released in 2017. That was released in 2018. All those four released in 2019." Yeah. You know what I mean? So it just I, Wait, we're in the single sh- game.
0: I think Dennis is sleeping.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry, Dennis. I
0: didn't, we, we we didn't want to wake you up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, I no, 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 <laughs> was right here. Yeah, why would
1: <laughs> you want to interrupt a great fucking story, Jeff? That's totally fine. God.
0: I I I, no, I, was, I was watching Poor Dennis and uh, I, I didn't, you know
1: he his, his, we, his got, eyes we got to I'm yeah, sorry I I completely agree with you Frank I, I really do I think that and I understand what Jeff is saying too because we do come from a different generation where you had to wait for the album like I can remember again I am a huge Guns N' Roses fan so I can remember after Appetite comes out so then they release Civil War on like a compilation record. And I went out and I searched for that compilation record so I can hear Civil War. And Very I sad. bought the Days of Thunder soundtrack because Knocking on Heaven's Door was on that before the Illusion albums came out. So like, I understand the fact of releasing the single. And I think that right now is gigantic. I think it's completely changed the whole music industry in, in, a, in a great positive way too, because it also doesn't put a lot of pressure on you guys in a certain way where you feel like you have to lock yourselves into like a room for six weeks and write 18 20 songs in order to whittle them down to 10 to 12 songs to make a full record. If you know you have a great fucking song, like Mark's gonna immediacy,
0: Sean. Well, that's what it it's immediacy. That's,
1: that's that's the the way we are now, though. But that's and it's not a bad thing because again, you right. can have a song. That you think is the is the next stairway to heaven and you write it and you put it together and then you put it out there. You don't have to wait 18 months for. And then exactly. it's kind of like the newness wears off of that song, too, while you're waiting for the record to come out. I I personally love the whole single thing, because, again, I am I'm not as old as Jeff is, but I'm not as young as you guys are. And I'm still a guy who likes to have the physical copy of their music. You know what I mean? Yeah, this was the
0: asshole that bought the, the single I, I did. I ka-singles. bought a lot of singles They were k those things. They're they were horrible. Got, but like, yeah, they, got caught, they got caught in, 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 your, in your, your tape. Those were garbage. But they they were. They were horrible. But like, here's the thing. Like Here's my phone.
1: I got 23,000 songs on this phone. And I have to be the guy who has the physical copy. And the reason I said this, I just had Apple Music it. for the first time in my life last week. And it's the greatest fucking thing I've ever done in my entire life. I found like 19 new bands over a week. It's amazing. I love it. But again, getting back to the singles, I have like, there's one artist on here. I love, I had one song that I downloaded as a single. I'm like, all right, this guy's really cool, right? I, Apple Music, I put the album. This is one of the best albums I've heard in the last two years. It's freaking amazing. I haven't stopped playing it. And it's a country guy too, which is very different. So like it broadens you, it, it can also just take you to a different level too, where you know, your your music is getting out to a different audience as well.
0: So what do you guys have coming up? Uh, you know, before we wrap this uh, up, and this went by very quick, by the way, guys. Um, but what do you guys have coming up? What's the future for the band? What do you have, like, you know, on the horizon for, for the new year?
2: Well, we have a show that's coming this Friday in Asbury Park. We have a full band show. Um, what time? It's Well, we go on at 10 p.m. at the scene in Asbury Park. Perfect. You guys want to take it?
1: well i have a gig in tom's river and i gotta drive right past asbury park to get home so i know exactly where the saint is i've played there myself you might see my fat face there let's
2: go um yeah that's happening uh this friday and then um like uh like frankie said that we're working with um representation now and uh that's fairly really really new like two days ago new uh so um we're gonna be really working working our working our asses off when that comes when that kind of clocks in and um, we're looking to keep releasing singles as the months go by, um, maybe live versions of singles, even remixes. Um, but we're going to be releasing content and we're going to be playing a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of shows in 2022.
0: So
1: yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, we would love to come in, uh, check you guys out and see, and, you know, keep up with the progress of the band yeah. You know, uh we, we'd love to, to push it. Let us know when the uh what, what, what local dates you have coming up so we can, you know, we'll promote you guys on on our end over here. Cause uh you know, again, you guys do have like a really great sound. And it's also nice to see people playing like live music, like real music. We got into a thing with uh Rob DeLuca a couple of weeks ago where we got into this whole thing about uh, bands using back and tracks and playing to to pre-recorded versions of songs in their live performance. And it's something that I think, you know, I don't know why the industry is going in this direction, especially with live shows. But I mean it's it it's it, it, it's a misrepresentation of a band. I mean the whole thing about seeing live music is to see the imperfections and hear sometimes alternative versions of songs that you normally like. You know? But um,
4: say we actually we do use one backing track with one of our with one of our songs and the mindset you know the only reason we do it is because Brian is just an absolute monster and we wouldn't do it if Brian wasn't an absolute monster i mean he's just incredible to a click he's incredible at like he, cuz he's done the cover band scene and he's done like um you know a bunch of different backing track stuff so he's so good with it but our our idea we're, we we kind of share we've shared that idea with you jeff for as long as this band has been around, like to not have backing tracks. And we actually use a backing track for temperamental, but we don't, the backing track, it's like, it's a stripped down, completely stripped version. Like, it's just more of an emphasis for, like, different sounds. Like, you got, like, a little bit more of a kick. You know, you guys... Like, that's, not, that's
0: not what we're talking we're talking. You don't have, you're not using, like, background singers that aren't there. You're not throwing, right. in, like, a, no. an orchestration or... No. Right, that. You but you'll get, see yeah. it or even lip sync into the songs.
2: Yeah, there's things like... Like, one of my favorite bands at the moment, um, the 1975, they use a shit ton of backing tracks. They do. And, yeah, they do. And it's like okay, like, you're really big now. Like, you could get musicians. Like, I like a big band for me, a, a, another really big
5: band for me that doesn't use backing tracks is Bleachers. But his mm-hmm. band is huge. Like, he's got, like, a 12-piece a band. He's got two keyboard players. Yeah. He's got, like, three saxophone players. He's
2: got two guitar players. It's like, that's where, at some point, well, you know... You gotta
1: branch out a little you bit. You gotta
2: branch out a little bit. But for, like, bands like us, or, like, even if it, like... What I'm seeing a lot lately is like a two-piece, three-piece bands that just, you know, you find, if, if you work, one of my favorite bands right now is called Fiji Blue, uh, Blue, and I just went to a show and they're a two-piece. And I mean, like, and they said that it's like, it's just easier right now to to deal with because like, we've been let down by so many band members. And it's like, and right now we're not making that much money where we could split, Split it between five guys. I, I kind of see the, the um the approach behind that, but I, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care. I like playing live no matter what. So right.
1: two-piece yeah. bands are two-piece bands are fucking great. Yeah, and you always see them change. And they, oh, like the Black Keys was one. Look at against me. They started. At, he started yep.
2: That's a two-piece band, like yeah. Local H was a band like that too.
1: They were great, and then you know you had the Black Keys, who were just amazing. Royal Blood is another band that was a two-piece. They they kind of changed. Yeah, and like you said, White Stripes was okay. Mm.
2: Like you say, like bands evolve. (laughs) So, you know, if they if you could find those if you could find those players to add to the to your you know add to your fucking tribe, then do it.
1: Exactly, I agree one hundred percent. Keep them
2: out of the
0: pictures. <laughs> yeah. Sean, ask, Sean, ask your world famous question
1: there All right, and who should I ask it to? That's the question. If I ask all four I, I, of them. No, it to, ask, it, ask it to Dennis. Give, yeah, wake him up. Let's let's ask him this question. Yeah, um
0: yeah. I, I, I felt that we interrupted uh, Dennis. So Dennis, not, I, I always sorry. ask the
1: one question. You don't have to. Ask, you don't have to say it's anybody in this band. Okay. So now you're a keyboard player. You can play in any band, and you can make the band yourself. They could be living or dead. Who do you pick as your band? Obviously, you're playing keyboards. So now you got to find four of the people to make your ultra super uh mega group. Who is it going to be?
3: Oh, the four people. The, well, the three people that you see right here. That's it. I'm not going
0: anywhere <laughs> no, else. No. Put his fucking no. mic on
1: mute again. Please put his <laughs> no, mic on no, mute. Go back
0: to sleep. Go back to Fuck sleep. Him. That is, that, oh, yeah, my God. I like the- Stop it! Loyalty true. is worth
3: nothing in this place, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> so in, in all seriousness, I mean, I found I, I found a home with those guys.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. It's 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 a goof it, because like some some guys will do what you just did and say no, no, it's totally fine. These are my brothers and everything. And then some people are like, yeah, fuck my band. Here's who I want. I want Zach Wilde on absolutely. guitar. I want. Uh Vinnie Paul on drums. I want Jordan Rudis playing keyboards. I want this, this. And they're very, but it's a it's a very there's never anything in the middle. It's either p- people always say no, my band is everything, or they say, fuck my band. Here's who I want to play with.
4: <laughs> Dennis, your checks in the mail, dude. Thank you. <laughs> that was the test <laughs> you passed. Well that's, well, that's a lot of thing, fun, Just just to like, just to like emphasize like Dennis, you know, thing. I I think we all because what we do, we call ourselves a family. You know, we're a family. Are, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that there, you get, you do, you're in the industry so much. And whether you play with a bunch of different bands, you start to realize that it's not, it, yes, you need to be a ridiculous musician, you know, hands down. But at the same time, it's about, you know, who you are as a person and how you gel the chemistry on and off the stage. You know, that's more valuable than anything. I mean, absolutely. obviously, like, there's no other drummer that I'd rather play with than Brian. But at the same time, there's no other person that I want to call a friend and bandmate than Brian, you know. Right. And I feel like you need to have both those questions answered, and you need to be all in with both of those things, and everyone have that same mindset, you know. It I only mean? brings it, it only
1: brings out the 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 better musicianship in yourself too. When you're close right. with people, you're on a different level. I mean, look, the guys I had in my band, we're not the greatest musicians in the le- in, in in the world at all, but you know what? If one of them called me right now and said I'm in a I'm in a bad spot, I would hit leave this meeting right now and I'd be in my car. And this is 20 years ago. And that's still the same way. It's my he's my best friend, in the whole world, too. Is he a great guitar player? He's a good guitar player. Did he do anything on stage? No, he stood there like a fucking lump every goddamn show. <laughs> didn't do a goddamn thing. But he's still my best friend. So I understand what you're saying. Did you did you read uh Bruce's autobiography?
5: Yes.
2: Oh man. Okay. Um, well, he said that I wasn't looking for the greatest players. I was looking for the right players. Exactly.
1: There very, very true. And it there works it. with comedy too. I mean, we're the same way. Jeff and I work a lot. We don't work together a tremendous amount, but like he we're has working f- this weekend though. Yeah, we are. Don't remind me. Well, what's your favorite album from him? From Bruce, yeah. it's you know. <sighs> It's hard to say this, darkness. but it's, no, it's born in the USA. That's it's born. born in the USA is my favorite. I fuck, that. I fuck with that, but yo, Jeb, darkness all the way, bro. Darkness, <laughs> look, dark between darkness, born Ooh. to run, and the river is the best three album release in the history Great. of music. And I'll, I'll take this to was a real
0: story, though. Oh, oh yeah, it's amazing. What, what was going on between born to run and darkness and all the legal shit that he has going on? And he's just so jaded. Yeah, and it's a perfect combination of music
1: and lyrics. And I think his, I think his greatest thing is Nebraska, only because it was a huge fuck you to the record company, and that's what I love about it.
5: Yeah,
1: it huge fuck you, which is great. Ah,
2: that's that's who he is, bro. He doesn't, he doesn't give a fuck. He, you know, he recorded a full, like he mixed it like full band version of that album, and he was just like, nah. Just here's my demo tape. This is it.
1: Love it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I tell everybody this too. This the reason why I have a Prince tattoo on my arm, is because Prince changed his name to a fucking symbol to piss off his record company. I keep keep it on here because I love Prince. Number one and number two, I don't let anybody dictate my art to me. That's what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. Hell yeah, man. He he also was the guy that started putting out the singles and just said, "I really don't need the record company to tell me what to do. We'll, We'll release a song at a time." But, um, th- guys, this was really great, man. Yeah, you, know, you guys are really, like, you know... Yeah, you guys, we, we, we,
1: you're young guys, but you got your fucking head and your shoulders, which I like a lot. Oh. It. Like, we've dealt with other people who are younger, and they're just pieces of shit. You guys are cool. We'll have a beer after the show. <laughs>
5: That's awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks. But
2: we should definitely chill, like, at a show or whatever. Absolutely.
1: Get
0: some drinks
2: or something. Man. Definitely-
0: Again, let us know when you're playing. We want, we want to promote you guys, and we want to absolutely come and see you awesome right. thank cool. you guys so much thank you. Really appreciate it all right be well guys oh by the way before we leave how could how could uh, our fans and people listen to us how can they contact you how could they uh follow you
4: uh well we have a website morningsidelane.com uh you could follow us on and listen to us on spotify apple music deezer youtube all that stuff i mean we're on instagram uh morningsidelane and then there's like an underscore so at morningsidelane underscore we're on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, all that stuff.
1: And worst case, if you want, just contact Dennis directly. Here's his number. It's 201-780. <laughs> no, nah, Dennis is not a 201.
5: I couldn't be friends with him.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a
0: 201 motherfucker. We're <laughs> done. <laughs> We're
5: done. <laughs> so <Mark>. hey.
0: Morning, <laughs> morning sideline, everybody. Morning sideline. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. For it was for a lot of fun today. All okay. right, okay. We'll be in touch with you guys. Be well, guys. Take Go care, back. everybody. Yeah. Right,
4: you too. Bye. See you later. Later.